This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. You are listening to Tax Able with Natasha Heron. This is Tax Able with Natasha Heron. Season one is back to basics, and this is your foundation level of tax. There will be 12 episodes per season, so we'll be covering 12 different topics, covering a multitude of taxes. Understand that tax is an extremely complex area, but I'll be breaking it down into bite-sized pieces so it's easy for you to digest, and hopefully, by the end of the season, I will get you interested and excited about tax for your business. Hello, and welcome to Tax Able. Today's episode is... HMRC, the elusive beast. And we will be discussing about how tax legislation is created, how it's policed, and HMRC's powers. As a side note, please make sure you've clicked subscribe so you're notified about new episodes. HMRC, you've all heard of them, the big bad wolf. I like to think of HMRC as being teachers of the tax world. They provide us with guidance, and every now and then, they throw in an annoying pop quiz, but they call it an inquiry. But before we look at them in more detail, let's first take a step back and have a look at how tax law is implemented. Legislation is set by Parliament, and each tax has its own statute. This means that each tax has its own set of rules. Changes are announced in an annual budget by the Chancellor, and that's currently Rishi Sunak. HMRC is responsible for the collection of taxes in England only, as Revenue Scotland and the Welsh Revenue Authority rule over their own jurisdictions. Here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that HMRC's guidance is only its interpretation of the law, so this does not mean that it's necessarily correct or legally binding. Taxpayers and advisors may have a different interpretation, and if this happens, the courts step in. So let's take a look at the courts in more detail. First of all, we have the first tier tribunal, but the decisions of this court do not create binding legal precedent. However, they can be very influential and are often cited by HMRC and taxpayers in their arguments. If you believe there's been a legal mistake in the findings of the first tier, you can appear to the upper tier tribunal. Now, the upper tier tribunal does set legal precedent, and you're probably wondering what does that term mean? This means that the findings are followed in law in the future by the court, HMRC, and taxpayers. You can look to potentially go to the Court of Appeal and the Supreme Court. However, going to court is extremely expensive, and you will require representation. So the more courts you go to, the more expensive it will be. So do not take going to court lightly. Another fun fact for you. Did you know that HMRC's guidance is not always correct? And this is because they do not update it quickly for case judgments, especially if those judgments are not in their favor. This is why we only use it as a guide for HMRC's view on a topic, rather than the word of the law. As mentioned, HMRC does provide a lot of guidance. 
and this is usually on the gov.uk website and it's provided on information sheets or guides. VAT is an extremely complicated tax, so it has separate guidance called VAT notices. We also have HMRC's internal manuals, and these are prepared for HMRC's officers. So it gives an insight into how they review or argue a topic. Essentially, they give you the inside scoop. But where else can you look? You can Google a subject, look at online publications, or you can look at your advisor's website. I highly recommend looking at Hillier Hopkins' website, as we've taken a lot of time and effort to provide guidance. So what powers do HMRC have? So they're allowed to look into a person's tax position. And if HMRC wants to check something in a return, it'll open an inquiry. An inquiry is a formal statutory procedure with fixed time limits. In the past, you always received a dreaded brown envelope. But as the times have changed, especially with working from home and COVID, you may now receive an email. Please do be aware that some letters HMRC provide are only general and they may be a phishing exercise. And by that, I mean they're looking for you to make voluntary disclosures. I tend to find that taxpayers panic when they receive a letter as they instantly think that they've done something wrong. And this is not always the case. So what's the process if you do get an inquiry? Well, first of all, and the most important step is to make sure your notice is valid. And by this, I mean, make sure you check the details are correct. So you need to check things like the name, address and references. This may be your unique taxpayer reference number, the company number or the national insurance number. If any of these details are incorrect, then the notice is not valid and you must write to HMRC and let them know that they need to issue another notice. This can be very useful if HMRC are towards the end of the time limit to raise an inquiry. So make sure this step is always followed. Next, what happens is you'll either have a desktop or an in-person review. HMRC will ask questions and information will be provided. An inquiry finishes when HMRC issues a closure notice and you have a statutory right to challenge HMRC when you disagree with their decision. You can request for someone to undertake a statutory review and this is meant to be an impartial and specially trained officer at HMRC. However, it's one HMRC officer reviewing a colleague's work. So as you can imagine, they usually tend to agree with their co-worker. An alternative option is to use something called alternative dispute resolution. You may have heard it as ADR. This is where you and HMRC sit down and try to resolve your differences before going to court. If you get an inquiry, you have the option to handle this yourself, or you can appoint an agent to talk to HMRC on your behalf. If you have an advisor, you should let them know as soon as you hear from HMRC. In theory, they should have received a copy of any inquiry, but HMRC tend to use second-class posts, so sometimes it can take a while to reach us. But whatever the letter says, do not contact HMRC without speaking to your advisor first. Inquiries can be costly, so you should look into opting for a tax investigation scheme. You may have heard it be called TIS. This is an arrangement where your tax advisor buys the insurance, but you pay for it, to cover them for the cost of their fees. This means if you get an inquiry, you do not need to worry as the insurer picks up the tab. And lots of firms offer this as it gives taxpayers a peace of mind. HMRC say they inquire into one in 10 tax returns each year, so you will receive one eventually. As you can imagine, there are different types of inquiries and we're only gonna look at them very briefly. You have your standard inquiry and HMRC does not need to give a reason. This inquiry can be about anything in your return or what should have been in the return, including any claims or elections. The 
next type of inquiry we have is called a discovery assessment. The rules about discovery assessments are very complicated. But essentially, the normal four-year period is extended to six years where a taxpayer has been careless, or 20 years if you've been dishonest. So what powers do HMRC have under the inquiries? Well, like we said before, most inquiries are performed by desktop, but every now and then HMRC may opt to visit business premises. But please do remember they cannot force entry. You are allowed to turn them away. If an in-person visit does take place, please also be aware that any paperwork which is out can be looked at. If you do refuse entry or you don't want a visit taking place at your business premises, you can ask for it to take place at your advisor's office. Another fun fact for you. Did you know that everything you say during a visit is recorded? So it's always best to have an advisor with you. HMRC will make notes, so make sure to request to review any minutes, as you will want to read them back to make sure that they have not misunderstood anything that you meant or a question. So I mentioned before about making sure an inquiry is valid. And another thing to look at is your inquiry window. Now, each tax has differing limits. For example, income tax and corporation tax, notice must be given within 12 months from the date the return is filed. But stamp duty land tax has a shorter window, as it's only nine months from the reporting deadline, and that's 14 days from completion of the house, or nine months from an amendment date. But like I said, you're not expected to be a tax expert and remember all of this information. This is why you have a tax advisor, and we do the heavy lifting for you. If you're going to take anything away from this episode, please just remember that HMRC officers aren't scary and they're just ordinary people doing their jobs. We may not always like them as they are the traffic wardens of the tax world, but they are here to stay. And do not panic when you get an inquiry. To give you a heads up on next week's episode, it's called It's My Money, I'll Spend If I Want To. And it's all about withdrawing money from your company. If you are self-employed or part of a partnership, This episode may not be relevant to you, but if you are thinking of incorporating, and by that I mean if you are thinking of changing or turning your self-employed business or partnership into a company, then it may be relevant and please give it a listen. But thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you next week. You are listening to Tax Able with Natasha Heron. This podcast has been produced by Redwood Studios and sponsored by Hillier Hopkins LLP.